This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a shank. hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome a man who enjoys his wild turkey whiskey and or bourbon with his coffee early in the mornings. We're talking a little Masters recap. Mike Dominic, golf professional, looking for his opinions to the Sub 70 Podcast Pro. It's good to have you back on. Looking forward to uh, what we saw this weekend. This is the most exciting part of my week, let me tell you. It's not a very exciting week then, to be honest, if you're that excited to be on with me. I feel terribly sorry for you. Isn't the municipal golf courses in Arizona more exciting than hanging out with me for like a half hour? You know, they're they're great. The overseated rye is great. The uh, dividers in the golf carts are great. Um, You know, the nice thing is, is when I ride by myself, I put the divider down and I wear my mask while I play. Safety first, my uh, friend. It's it's the look. I mean, you know, you never you never know where you're going to get it. It could be from a flagpole. It could be from the cart girl. You have no idea. And hopefully those thick uh, khaki pants with four pleats on each side are also protecting you a little <laughs> bit as well, right? Nothing gets through those things in that Arizona heat. Is, and it's a good one. You look. know, I saw, I saw a picture of myself playing uh, junior high golf when I was, I was home a few weeks ago, and I did have the pleated dockers that I had uh, gotten with with the and one slip on shoes, nice. Tom I mean, Lehman. It was fan. it was a good look. Tom Lehman fan back then, right? Wasn't he like sponsored by Dockers? I think he was back in the day. You know, Makes probably. Sense. I wouldn't put it past him. He's a, he's a good Minnesota guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jim, Jim Harbaugh being, you know, Jim Harbaugh gets some, and you see how Michigan's doing. Excellent. Yeah, that's uh, is that the strangest <laughs> thing ever? I honestly thought once he went there, they would be competitive for a national championship every year. I really did. How does that, how's you know, that I, not work? I think he's a great coach. Growing up a 49ers fan, I mean, he came in. He had he had everything dialed. He had everything locked. Um, it, it just, you know, the G, I, I will say this. So the GM that they had at the, at the time, he was kind of like the, the Bulls GM, Jerry Reindorf, whatever his name was. He, he just he had a little bit of Napoleon syndrome. And as soon as Harbaugh didn't win that Super Bowl, you know, they, they put him on a clock and and that was that. But it's, um, you know, it's really too bad. I mean, from what I've heard is he's having trouble connecting with the younger players, uh, which, which, which is never good. But but when you start going out and you're losing to Michigan State, who has no points within sniffing 20 points of you um, at home, it's definitely not good. Well, let's talk some Masters. Give me the, uh, you know, from a, you know, as a golf professional, from just watching it from afar a little bit and watching the coverage and taking it all in, Give me your quick synopsis, then we'll dig into a little bit of uh, what you saw, what transpired, what's your thoughts? Well, it was, I mean, it was standard 2020 that had dumped rain Thursday morning. I mean, that could not have been any worse. You know, everyone wakes up, they're fired up, they're ready to watch the Masters. We have two Masters within six months, and all of a sudden, boom, thunderstorm. And I think it set a tone for the rest of the week because, first of all, they've never played obviously never played Augusta in November. The, the notorious part of that golf course are the greens. They are fast. They are undulated. Um, a lot of times you have to putt very defensively. It's where you place your ball on the green. I mean, sometimes if you miss the green, you have an uphill chip. 
it's better than having a downhill putt in some cases. So when you're watching guys go out there and throw darts and the ball is sticking next to the pin, that is just standard, not Augusta national. And that's, and also, I mean, that's why the scores were so low this week. I mean, you look at um, a guy like Cameron Smith who doesn't hit it out of the shadow shooting 15 under. And, and that just, I mean, and that just goes to show the guys, you know, like, like DeChambeau is hitting this 48 inch driver, you know, carrying it 340. And he got absolutely lapped by these guys that were short hitters. I mean, Bernard, I mean, Bernard Langer um, had a good showing. Sung J.M. had a great showing. C.T. Pan had a good showing. None of the Webb Simpson, like none of those guys are long hitters. So when, as soon as it started raining, everyone sits there and goes, oh my God, the bombers are going to go out and take over the golf course. It was almost the opposite. Yeah, see, I'm with I you. Mean, I thought the bombers, when it got wet like that and conditions got soft, I thought being able to hit it higher, shorter irons and longer, I thought that it would be a bomber's paradise. I mean, DJ ended up winning, but I thought I was surprised at how many medium length guys, you know, played competitively against the guys who really hit it long. I, I was surprised by that. Right. Right, and, and the old adage is, is always is always you know high and soft wins majors. You have to hit it high, you have to hit it soft in order to have access to pins, um, access to greens. You know, carrying bunkers because if you hit a ball low, it's going to run out. Um, if you have a pin tucked behind a bunker with not a lot of room, you got to hit it in there high and soft. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you get the greens and soft conditions in the course. It, I mean, it just throws into a dart fest because those guys are going to hit their numbers. What do you think of Tiger this week? Just from observation it made me feel better that he took a 10 on 12 um, because i've had several meltdowns like that in my life and i think that everybody everybody can relate to it uh the fact that he birdied what was it five of the last six holes that round most of us most of us don't come back from that we sit there and go okay how do i break 80 how do i win my five dollar nassau um where is the flask of wild turkey and you go on, you go on from there. But, but the cool thing is about that is, is a lot of guys would just mail it in and what you don't, you know, he prepays his caddy throughout the year. Most guys don't, you know, they get a, they get a percentage. And, and when you have a guy that is paying his caddy by the percentage and you watch him birdie the last five holes, it's good for him in terms of a paycheck and it's good for your caddy. Like I, I thought that was, I thought that was great. Um, I, I didn't think that Tiger was going to be up there this week just because the guy is so regimented around Augusta being played in April. And with how good of an iron player he is and how well he knows that golf course, it was completely opposite. And I mean, he, and he adjusted, he, he did fine, but you know, he didn't, he didn't get it going the next two days after he said he was firing on all cylinders. And, and for example, the last day, I want to say it was whole, I think it was whole four, which was the, which is the part of three. I mean, there's a big slope there in the back in order to play to a front pin. And he hit a high cut in there expecting that thing to land 30 feet past the pin and roll back. And it just sticks into the slope. And you can just see from his body language that, that's how he's used to playing the hole and the slopes just weren't taking this week. So yeah, different golf course. Um, Bryson. I mean, lots of talk coming in that, you know, Augusta national is going to have to redo the golf courses. The new ball coming didn't pan out, uh, of the golf course, just getting 
you know, embarrassed, for lack of a better word. Thoughts on Bryson? Is the experiment still working? Do you like the direction? Uh, give me your synopsis of, of his week, what you liked, what you might have uh, uh, not liked, per se. Well, the, the human mind is about pushing limits. It's what we've always done, right? I mean, if we're complacent, then we're, um, you know, then uh, basically human life is just not going forward. I mean, I mean, everybody, scientists across where I know he's dubbed the mad scientist across the world, um, Galileo, uh, even though he might have been more of a physicist, but um, Albert Einstein, I mean, these guys push the limit to the brink. And when you look at, at him going with a 48-inch driver and basically trying to pick apart Augusta just based off of pure length, that's great. That's fine. Um, I, I really, I, I, like I said, I'm not a big Bryson fan, but I admire what he's doing. I just, you just won the U.S. Open hitting it the way that you hit it with that driver. Why would you make a change when you're hot? Especially around a course like Augusta where, um, yeah, you can be in the pine tree stuff, but it really pays to obviously be in the fairway there. So if you're, I mean, if you're hitting it 340, like you're saying on all your numbers and stuff, and you're carrying it, isn't that isn't that good enough? Isn't hitting it 320 good enough to get around that golf course? It still shows too. I mean, you got that, you, you got to bink the putts and you got to chip right. Like you can blast it all you want, but I don't think his putting stats were that great, or short game stats, wedge play was that great this week i didn't no, look at him either but right like you got to convert that you have to convert that a has to go to you b have, to make you C. have to you have to and, and he did a good job scrambling at uh winged foot right you know he um it, it, he got up and down a bunch from awkward positions uh he, a lot of those a lot of those greens have got false fronts that he could putt or chip up and around Augusta, you could just kind of see with the wet conditions, with him really hitting it all over the place, that it, it the, the game plan for him failed that week. And he may have gotten ahead of himself mentally when he's sitting there saying, well, this is really a par 67 for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure well, on him, right? 60, right? Right. If it's, a par, if it's a par 67, you know, five under a day, that's 20 under. Well, it looks like DJ shot 20 under. I mean, apparently that was even par for DJ. So, you know, but, but you're also adding pressure. It was like when Nike gave Rory the, the Nike golf balls that say RM5 on him for his fifth major. But yeah, that's exactly what I want to be staring down at when I have a five-foot bender at Augusta to try and win my fifth major, you know? Like, it looks cool on paper, but I'm not buying it. I, I, think, I think with the amount of time that he has until he goes back to Augusta, Augusta's going to be playing different in April. He's got 141 days un, until the Masters, and I and are they they're playing the PGA Championship early next year too. So he has so he has some time to experiment with what he's doing before he goes to Augusta again and put it in competition and see how it holds up. Because when your ball is playing that much curve, um, you're you're I mean you're obviously mishitting the ball somehow, and. Mm-hmm. He was hitting some pretty yeah, big I mean, draws, he spent more right? Time in the woods. Yeah, I mean, he was he hitting was some strong. pretty. Well, I mean, right. we call those hooks, right? But I mean, <laughs> right in, in the time that things in the air, you know, most of the guys anymore seem like they're going more the DJ route or Kepka, where it's the hard slider, right? It's just straight and kind of tails off to the right. And I know he's hitting it farther with the draw, but that's also at that speed, it's got to be a fine line between that and left, right? Like it doesn't take much. 
when you're swinging at 130 right. for the, the little draw to turn into a hard draw. Yeah, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, like with, with pros, you want to – a lot of them sit there and say, you know, I'd rather cut my driver, and as I move down into the shorter irons, I want to start hitting little draws. We just played with Wyndham Clark a couple weeks ago. The guy, the guy's go-to shot is just uh, just a beat fade, and then you get him into closer, and he just hits these little one-yard draws with his wedges. I mean, that's just kind of mm-hmm. it's easier to do that. You know, the more loft that you have on on a club, the easier it is to hook it. The less loft you have, the easier it is to cut it. So that's why, you know, because if you're trying to draw a driver, hit a big old draw with a driver, it'll turn into a hook really, really, really easily. I'm familiar with this. Um, <laughs> I think the majority of, of golfers are familiar with that. Yes. You know, but, but, but the other thing with Bryce, I mean, he, he did hit some big hooks, but he had a two way miss going. And that goes to show that, um, your, your, your face to path is just way off. And it's, it's a helpless feeling. Bernhard Langer, 63, beats Bryson, plays competitively, like finished T29. All right, you're a professional golfer. If you lost to any 63-year-old man, do you have to start questioning everything a little bit, or do you just tip your hat and go, he's timeless, there's a reasoning, he's still that good, he's Bernhard friggin' Langer. Like, what a performance. Well, my, what a performance from that guy. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean uh, my, you know, my dad's 68 now, and I think he beats me net just about every time. But, you know, he's kind of a sandbagger. So, um, but but no, I mean – that just goes to show all the, all the talking heads that want to roll equipment back. Um, who cares? There's one guy, uh, there's one guy on the planet right now who's hitting at 340 yards. It's Bryson DeChambeau. And I'm talking like not the um, long drive guys or anything like that, but, but there's one guy on the tour who's hitting it that far. Um, DJ Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantley, Scotty Scheffler, Cameron, Tra- Cameron Champ. They, they, you know, nobody was talking about rolling the ball back when those guys are out there beating it around hit at 310, 315. Um, but, but that just goes to show you how good those guys are. Like, play your own game. Zach Johnson won the Masters by laying up on every par five. The guy was dialed in. Right. So, and, and that's just what you have. That's just what you have to deal with. Justin Rose is not a long hitter. Danny Willett's not a long hitter. Ian Poulter's not overly long. But those guys go out and they know how to get it done. And Langer, it's just impressive. The guy's in amazing shape. I still think he's anchoring his putter. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. After seeing him touch his shirt, I still think he's anchoring his putter. But, um, you know, I, go, go out and play your game. I mean, everyone has their strengths. Like, are you going to tell me that C.T. Pan is going to go out and put on a bunch of weight and start pumping at 340 like Bryson? No, that's not his game. Cameron, Cameron Smith we were just talking about this the other day, Joe dirt. He is, I mean, he was not born on the same side of the Island, obviously as Adam Scott. So he, I mean, when you look at him physically versus Adam Scott, who's just, he's, a, he's an esteemed surfer. He hits it solid. He hits it good. And then you got Smith, who's a little bit different, but the guy is such a good wedge player and he rolls it so well. He's just not going to go out there genetically and start hitting a 340. He went into a slump. I want to say it was a year and a half ago where he missed like five straight cuts and he goes, well, I was trying to chase distance and I started hitting it all over the place and I wasn't practicing on my bread and butter, which is the short game. So as soon as he went back to that, it's like, boom, top 10, boom, top 10, boom, top five. 
Yeah, it's like Luke Donald yeah. when he went to chase distance or Keimer went to hit the draw versus the fade, right? There's there's all kinds of stories of people getting away from their standard game that got them there, and it gets there's Aaron, a wasteland of it. Aaron Baddeley. Yeah. I mean, Baddeley, um, uh, Jeff Ogilvie was up at The Rock, and Baddeley was working with Ledbetter. And um, Ogilvie was telling everyone up there, you know, he just goes, dude, watch out for this guy. Like, this kid is legit. He is so good. And Bads would go out. He'd hit balls for two, three hours in the morning. They'd set up the cameras, get a bunch of videotape, take a break and have lunch. And then they would send it to Ledbetter. He would send that back all his notes and review. They'd set up the cameras again on the back of the range. And he'd go out there and beat balls for another two, three hours. And, you know, and it's like the guy is so naturally talented. Do you really need to look at that much? No, I would say his, well, I mean, to me, his game kind of got, was it uh, analysis to paralysis, right? Like he tried, I mean, when he was a young player and he won the, was the Australian Open at 18 or something like that, he just had like a natural golf swing and he could really putt it. To me, he tried everything under the sun to be a better ball striker. And I always thought he'd be better off just to play his natural golf game and make a lot of putts and he's great from 100 yards and in. I think yeah, he kind of went through too many swing changes. Oh. Well, it's horrible. He went to stack until, I mean, stack until is a, is a method for lost and desperate souls. My, a buddy of mine caddy for the guy who invented stack until down in Florida, he shot 84 and hit six greens. So I don't think that that is after watching that something that I would really invest my money into, you know, but, but with Aaron, I mean, he went to stack until, and we're sitting there um, on the range in 2011. And when he was with Adams and he goes to the range, he, I think he shot one under and the range at TPC Scottsdale is so – it's just wide open. And he steps up, and he has that, like – you remember that old silver speed line, speed slot driver that they yep. came out with? So he steps up and hits one dead straight, one-yard draw down the middle. Him and his caddy talk a little, little bit, makes another swing, slices it 80 yards right, almost on to number nine fairway. And then his caddy throws him another ball. He hooked it about 80 yards left almost out into the 11th fairway. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God, I, these might be the three most opposite driver swings I've ever seen. And then he tees up another one, he hits it down the middle, and then that was, that was it. Then he walked off the range. But, I mean, when but, you have stuff going on like that, there's some serious deals going on in your golf swing. Uh, yeah, and I always thought he had such natural talents. Like it's almost the, the natural C-shot, hit shot got removed from him a little bit. He rolls it good, though, but still. He, yeah. He, oh my gosh, it's it, it's phenomenal. He he comes out to Pinnacle. He'll go play nine holes with his caddy. He gets done. I'm on the putting green, and his caddy just throws the ball down with all all eight feet and in, and he throws the ball down just one ball. Aaron goes through his routine and rolls it in. He makes ten in a row, and then he goes home. It's just incredible, and every putt is just rolled so well. Well, let's talk about the champ, Dustin Johnson. Uh... What do you think the second major does for solidifying his legacy, greatness, whatever you want to call it? I mean, he's a hell of a player. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer with one major for the amount of wins. Easily he's a Hall of Famer. But what's I mean, this he's had do? a win. He got his, he got his uh, tour card back in 2007, I believe. And he's had a win on tour every year since. Crazy. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's just insane. And, um, you know, and everyone talks about his length. Everyone talks about... Um, you know, how great of a ball striker he is. Nobody talks about how good of a wedge player he is. 
I mean, he was on 13 on Sunday, and he had, what, two – he had three wood. He had, like, 240, 250 in, lays up, throws a wedge into four feet and makes it. How pretty was that wedge like, shot, no, right? A dead-handed, oh, no spin, right? Just to roll it up there. It like, so it was good. so well executed when he, you know, could have spun it off the green, could have gone long, and he hits this little dead-handed wedge in there under the hole. Like, just it's perfect. so good. It's so good. And the way his swing is built – you know, when he first came out on tour, everyone's like, oh, my God, is, you know, he's way above plane. His face is so shut. It's, you know, this, that, whatever. And I'm sitting there going, dude, it doesn't matter. This guy swings on repeat, and he just has a very repeatable move. I mean, his misses were not like DeChambeau's misses. They're not like Brooks' misses. They're not like McElroy's misses. Like, his, his misses are in the right or left rough. I mean, he just moves the golf ball, and he's got a great golf swing and a great athletic body. And, and you know, Phil Mickelson said you have to be either really smart or really dumb to play golf. Yeah, DJ's no national scholar. He's no, um, you know, he's no altar boy. But the guy goes out and just gets it done, and he's an absolute stud on and off the golf course. I mean, you don't marry Paulina Gretzky, you know, not being a stud. Did you have a favorite Paulina outfit of the week? Was there one that stood out to you that – uh, you know, based off the skin complexion, I like the white outfit. That was me. I also think that may have inspired, uh, you know, may have inspired DJ a little bit. Uh, the thing I do want to say is, is they showed the before and after pictures of her the last time she on the golf course. I mean, she looks like she's been working out. I was, I was a big fan of it. Motivation. I know that is motivation. I know right you're there. a green guy. I know you're a green guy. I kind of so went for the green elephant on Sunday. Know. Yeah, that was kind of the one that stood out to me. I kind of, uh, you know, appreciate the effort she put forward. And uh, I don't, my guess is her smiles make him happy. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, whatever you want to call it, we'll go with smiles. <laughs> uh, legacy. Do you think this changes how he's viewed? by golf in general, the other professionals, right? I know one major is impressive to have two and to have a U.S. Open and a, and a Masters. Is it game-changing from that standpoint of respect from his peers, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I'm not sure in terms of respect from his peers. You know, the guy's the guy just got, you know, Pat, now, now here's the thing. Everybody on tour likes DJ. He does a great job as world number one. He answers questions. He signs autographs. But based off of his history of and the rumors of philandering with other guys' wives out there, I, I just, you know, guys don't really trust him. They like him. You know, they like to be around. They like to play with him. But I just, you know, I don't think they tr- they really trust him. That might be some of the old school guys, new school. I don't know. Maybe he's toned it down a little bit. Um, but in terms of, like, just – I, I think it's one of those things where, I mean, Brooks Kepka calls him out that he only has one major at the PGA. And then he goes, well, hey, you know, hold my beer. I'm going to go out here and win the Masters. And the Masters immediately is a $30 million payday because of all the appearances on talk shows, you know, more sponsors and all that other stuff. I mean, he won way more than $2.1 million that day. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of his legacy and stuff like that, he's going to go down as one of the greatest golfers in history. The guy, is, the guy is that good regardless of what people think about him and regardless of what his lifestyle is. You he's know, he's happy, got, he's comfortable through it. Yeah, he's probably got, what, 40 wins in him, right? He's at 24 now. He could win 15, 10, 20 more times, right? It could be looking like a Phil Mickelson career by the time he's 50. 
I, I, I 100% agree. And I think, and here's the thing, I think if he does that, you know, with, with how he's been playing and where he's at mentally and where he's at physically, I, I mean, he could easily go out and, you know, get the PGA done, get the Open Championship done, and complete the career Grand Slam. You have to look at it that he's made that because even though Bryson went out and won the U.S. Open and Bryson's doing all this stuff to try and keep up and do whatever, you know, DJ is just always solid. To me, the PGA would most likely, right? That's most like a regular tour event. Gosh, I think to win the Open, you got to get, what, the right draws. With the, I mean, that plays into it, right, weather-wise. I mean, you, you, there's a little bit of luck on that side more than, say, the PGA Championship, where it's kind of like a regular tour event on steroids. But it's kind of a regular tour event from the way the golf course is set up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's very true. Where is the PGA Championship next year? Is it? It's not Kiowa Island, is it? I don't know. I'd have to look that one I up. I can't remember. Yeah, I know. I can't remember where they're doing it. But, but I know that they're having it come up, you know, where they had the uh, War by the Shore, uh, where Rory won it last time. And, you know, that's almost a home event for DJ in South Carolina. Although you can get so, goofy I mean, weather out there. I played that golf course, and it was blowing like 35 miles an hour. It's brutal. Did you tip it out at 7,400? 6,400 was plenty for me, sir. And I think I still made like Perfect. three triples because it was just like, that golf course <laughs> is hard. Like, And if you miss it and then miss it again, it can compound it compounds errors very quickly that's what i noticed right like you're kind of out of position then you go for it and then it's just you're looking at double right. or triple right um, the wheels come off i i have a question i have a question um for you actually with, with all this stuff going on around the distance game and everything has sub 70 started tinkering with um speed irons yet what do you mean by speed irons I mean, it's in, um, you know, like you see all this stuff going on with TaylorMade, uh, Callaway, you know, I mean, where they're basically just injecting stuff into the irons. To, I mean, they're so hot. PXG. Well, that's the, that's the 699 series, right? Where you okay. make it, you're basically, what you do with that iron is you're making it essentially almost, you design it like a hybrid where it's multiple piece construction. So you have the body as one steel, then you use like four, we use 455 carpenter steel, and then you mm-hmm. weld it on. But you make the you mill the face down to 1.7 millimeters, and you put like a TPE, which is like a glue material, inside the head. Then the then the it feels really good because of the TPE material absorbing the shock, so it feels like a normal iron. But you're getting that face to react like a hybrid. So like even taking my, it's our most popular series in the sense that mm-hmm. they're longer, right? Like I am a club right. longer with those clubs, even swinging a driver at 100 miles an hour like I swing it. No jacking up the lofts, exact same. Set up same ball, seven eight yards longer than iron, mm-hmm. right? So it there's there is you won't see pros playing it because if you want to play it, the problem you may have, especially with short irons, is do you want that extra distance, right? Do you right. want that face to have any variable to it? Most guys who play professionally want their eight iron to go the same distance every single time, taking that variable out of it. But ninety nine percent of us can gain some, you know. If, it's, if that six iron goes higher in the air, carries further with the same amount of effort, not a bad thing. So, yeah, no, you're, you're, you know, that's our most uh, popular product category. I and it also them. works, oh, it works great for utility clubs, too, for, like, the long iron replacements, right? Because then you want the pop in the bat. So, no, right. it's it's going that way. I mean, it's, uh, 
the product category, it's not hype. It actually works. It really does from right. all the major brands. Yeah, every time I get on, every time I get on social media, you guys are sending another one of those out to somebody. I mean, it just seems like every time I see the six ninety nines going out. They were, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really you know it's really cool. Um, you know, especially what they're doing. I, I think with you know, there's always there's always this argument about the single length irons that Bryson plays. I think they're great in the longer irons. Um, in the shorter irons, I mean, that, I think that's why he's ranked a hundred and. 29th or whatever it is and scrambling I mean, you're trying to chip with a six iron length wedge and hit touch shots with it um you know i, I just i, I just i, I played around with it. it and i couldn't get comfortable with like a pitching wedge being that long i just couldn't feel the shot or flight the shot in i think there's an argument to be made for it i, I don't know on sub 70 if we're going to do it or not depends how much call we get i mean right now there's nothing in the plans for it um but yeah i struggled with the short irons i've screwed around with it like, it just didn't feel right. But I'm old. You know, I'm in my 40s. I'm, I'm set in my ways. I'm not going to go find it, right? Like, no, I'm just, I, I play with what I got. I'm like a terrible poor man's Cameron Smith. I'm just slapping it out there and trying to get it I on think, the green. You know, I, think you're, I, think you're, I think you're better looking than that guy. I like the flow. The flow works. He's got the hair flow. It looks, you know, he's got like the, the little mullet in the back and a little face. You know, toughens him up a little bit. Right, I'm, I mean, you know, makes him look like he, uh, you know, makes him look like, like I said, he's probably he's probably on the wild turkey train. Well, you know, saw, the wild turkey tour. I saw the best one on Twitter is uh, someone. You remember Big Enus and Little Enus from Smokey and the Bandit? <laughs> little Enus. They put the Little Enus picture yeah. out, and like that's Cam Smith's beard and hair, dude. It yes. was like, perfect. He looked. <laughs> they had to look like exactly like Little Enus. It was perfect. So. Oh my gosh, that that poor guy. You know, thank God he can play golf. He's good. Ghetto. You know, he's I really yeah, the good. old and like I like his style. Like I, I'm almost I admire the guys. Like I'm so I mean, DJ is just such a freak of nature and those guys are Kepka. I like I I find myself rooting for like Luke Donalds, the Cam Smiths, the guys who like if you if you just physically set them next to DJ, you'd be like, How the hell does that guy compete with that guy? And they just they're so mentally good, they play within their game, they know what they're good at, they know where they struggle. And they just grind. I, and I think, like, yeah. I love kind of that mentality because, in theory, he probably shouldn't be as good as he is, right? He doesn't have the physical attributes that the top players have these days, size, strength, speed. And he's yeah. competing. Like, he got, I, I admire it. I, I, I love watching the, the that guy kind of like, all right, I got to plod my way around here. But I'm probably saying that because that's how I play golf. I have to, you know, bunt it off the tee and bunt it on the green and bunt it to the right spot and make it, you know. One rolls in, great. Make a par, go to the next hole. Like that's my game. So I admire these guys yeah. without the athleticism. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in there. I'm a poor man's version of what they're trying to do. I admire it. You're the, I got you're the poor man, Cam Smith. I'm like, um, yeah. Well, really it, poor. It, it was really, really poor. <laughs> it um, it was interesting talking to uh, Sean the other day. Uh, he had just got. Oh, I can't remember where he got back from. Houston, maybe? No, nah, it was one before that. Oh, no, yeah, it was Houston. And, and he goes, he goes, dude, he goes, I'll be honest. He's like, in 2000, 2005 was his rookie year. And he goes, when I went out there, there were 10 of us that hit it like I do. You know, because, you know, Sean, it's 220. He pulls out a five iron, hits it to eight feet, and takes your money. By but the way, goes, we're referring goes, oh, to Sean, Sean O'Hare is who the pro is referring oh, to. Oh, yeah, that is, that is – sorry, we, we, we were on a first-name basis apparently yes. now. When I pay him, we're on a first-name basis. When he has to pay me, he doesn't call me back. Um but, you know, he's just like, 
you know, it's 220. You know, he pulls a five iron, knocks it in there stiff, and you, and it's awesome. And he goes, dude, when I was on tour in 2005, it was his rookie year, he said there were maybe 10 of us that hit it as good as he did with the irons. And then, you know, as good as he did, as long as he did, um, you know, so far and so forth. He goes, he goes, now I'm coming back from injury. He goes, the way that the game has grown, he goes, it seems like everybody hits it long out there. You know, even the guys that, that when the equipment was older and would roll it back, you know, from 260, you know, that would hit 260, 275. Even those guys are hitting it out there 290, 295 now, and it gives them a chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, you so, said like watching you know, Wyndham Clark up close too, right? Like it's just insane. Mike, uh, you know, and here's and Wyndham. I mean, when you are when you are literally the uh, Big Twelve Player of the Year, and you transfer, and then you're the Pac-12 Player of the Year. I mean, that's pretty special. And and, he, and here's the thing, though, he doesn't. You stand next to him. I mean, he's you know he's not super big. It's not like DJ or, or Kepka or something like that. But when you watch him swing, you're just going, holy shit! I mean, it's. I mean, he absolutely moves the golf ball. Yeah, he's got he's gonna, so much power. He's going to win soon. I think he's going to be really good. Like, I think he's got like okay, a five-year – next five years, he's going to be multiple tour winner. I, I I think that's – he's ready to kind of take that next step, at least what I'm seeing from him. Right, and, and I 100% agree. And, and the thing was, you know, like I played with Cameron Davis a number of years ago, and that was the first time, like, I saw someone take lines that I had never even dreamed about. And then – you know, you go out and you play with Wyndham, and he took lines that Cameron Davis would take, except his misses were still in the fairway. I mean, yeah. he just and, – and he putted so well. You know, it's, it's just solid. And, and, and when you look at him, I mean, he's going to get his first tour win. I mean, he's a, yeah. he's a, stud, he's a stud of a dude. Yeah, he can. There, there's a young crop, and these guys can play. You know, they can definitely play. Well, anything else exciting? We'll uh, do a recap on, I don't know, something else exciting. There's got to be a fall event that you probably have know half the guys in it that we could do a the, recap with or something. Yeah, or the or something, Louisiana or, Open or something like that. I think that's a good one to look at. Yeah, we'll, we'll find something else on the on the books. And, uh, you know, we'll get back on here and talk a little bit. So, well, go yeah, DJ. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, next, you know. He's he, he, you know, not that far away from him defending, and I wouldn't be shocked if he wins another one, right? I mean, I, 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 I really wouldn't. I think by I think he has two now. I think by the end he's going to have four or five. They know possibly the career grand slam. You know, the open depends on the draw and all that. But you know, speaking of depending on the draw, real quick, uh, Club Pro guy tweeting about Jimmy Walker may have been the funniest thing besides the rap that I sent you yes, with those I saw. guys. That was first of all. That was amazing. JJ Killeen, I think, played it a hundred times, and I may have had a few sodas and may have been yelling out the window, getting takeout the other night, and embarrassing the. Minutes. What was the Jimmy Walker? I missed that one from Club Pro. Guy. So Club Pro guy tweets and he goes, he goes, uh, Jimmy Walker. He got paired with uh, some amateur, and he got paired with uh, the guy from Japan, and he goes. You know, how nice is it that Jimmy Walker tees off the back nine at 7 a.m. with an amateur and the guy from Japan in an electrical storm? Hashtag respect. <laughs> so. <laughs> the, uh, that guy, did you see the letter he put out to uh, also uh, the election where Jack Nicholas had that red background with the letter to support Trump? And did you see the letter that Club Pro guy put out there? Oh, that was amazing. 
<laughs> talking about the he's, he, to vote for the local sheriff as he he wants the DUI laws to go back to point one zero and you know all these other things. <laughs> that guy's sense of humor. I, I would you know I don't know. I would love to know what the background is if he's just a stand-up comedian who plays golf or a former golf professional, you know, who has worked in the industry who's just that damn funny. But he is quick, he, man. It's, he is he so is, fast, and everyone. Everyone thinks he's never going to be able to. He's going to run out of content, and he just never does. I mean, golf's wow, always changing, right? Exactly. But it's like South never Park, right? It's never going to end. Exactly. Right. I mean, there's always something to make fun of. It's always right. And I have a, I have a, a mutual friend. It's funny, you know, because no one knows me. I know everybody. I have a mutual friend who actually knows who he is and plays a bunch of golf with the guy. And it, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's funnier. His whole character. It's funnier when you know you don't know who he is. Cause, I, yeah, cause I don't even want to know who he is. No, I really want I to think he's in Kansas in the Miata that. with women and money problems, right? Like I, that's who he is. Yeah, don't Bot- ruin it. Bottoms for me. up, sponsored by sponsored by Bottoms Up uh, Cabaret Club. Oh God, it's just the best. <laughs> that letter he put down to all these incidents he's having, and fantastic. And also, did you see that video for the Quest for One Hundred? He's trying to get to no. one hour club head speed. Oh, oh my God, it's <laughs> well, great. Yeah, it's, you know what? Is that what you look like when you got a six hybrid into the wind from one forty? Well, my swing's a little shorter from that one, so it's more of like a little three-quarter position. Like, uh, I've been told my golf swing, imagine this, it, it's more like a poor man Scott Verplank golf swing. Got it. Not a huge shoulder turn, not a ton of athleticism, kind of like a little bit of a hold-on, but it's like goes pretty straight most of the time. But it, the plane That's and everything it. I'm on kind of looks like Scott Verplank, but worse. Okay, but the same well, you know, DNA. I'll have to pull his, uh, I'll have to pull his swing out of the archives. Yeah, take, yeah. Take I've had multiple people be like, your, "Your swing looks like a shitty version of Scott Verplank," and I'm like, that, "That's fair. <laughs> it's a fair assessment." <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that's fair. You know, <laughs> give me another cocktail. Yeah, uh, take about seventy percent of Scott Verplank, and if anyone wants to know what my golf swing looks like, that's it's about it. It's about it. So it's kind of like a hold on, punchy sort of three quarter swing with a you know. Enough body rotation, but nothing where you're like, "Wow, you know that's that's flash speed." He's got through the ball. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> business guy by day, golfer at five o'clock with a medium amount of talent at best. You know so what? That's it. Uh, you know what? I, I I can't wait to see it uh, yeah. live in person and, and get some content out there for uh, for the gram. Well, you saw the last content that went out with Monday Q Ryan is when we were playing the. Uh, gamble scramble and i pushed a four foot putt to win all the money and then i was getting just lit on twitter of like (laughs) i like ed loris like if i've ever seen a push that's a push how do you choke that one so the last content uh i actually hit the wedge close and then just choked the birdie putt you know just never touched the hole from like four and a half feet so that's the last you know in in your in your defense um Ryan, literally today, because of the Monday, the Monday qualifier went overnight for the RSM, um, took his kids and stopped at a gas station next to a CO2 tank for 20 minutes to put out content, updates, and videos, and had to promise his kids Target on the way home because that's how addicted he is to, uh, to the grind that he's doing. He's, he is one plus committed. I, I would mean, it's, also... the best, it's the best thing. I think the public needs to know, too, we were in the clubhouse post-round drinking when the call at Kishwaukee National Golf and Polo Club 
came out that on men's night that the game is on again. So I probably had enough. But you think that might have helped the stroke a little, right? Just free it up. So I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't actually use it as an excuse. Maybe I should just, you know, I probably, my stroke was smoother on four or five cocktails post round, but I had, I had had a couple by that point. So I don't know if that is a fair assessment is what I'm saying. Air quotes. Learn. Drinking and golfing um, is, is a learned talent, and maybe we can touch on that. Um, I think on our next follow-up, you know, because I, I think I think DJ this week his his uh, BAC levels were were spot on. You know, well, I've been I've been there, right? Like you can get like four or five cocktails, and you're in like a beautiful zone, sort of like playing darts at a bar, and then you can have like two drinks too many, and then all of a sudden it's like all over the place. So that I think the the podcast could be how do you find that happy zone? like you're playing darts in college where it's just locked in. Right. So for, yeah, so we had our master's tournament this weekend and I'm not proud um, to admit this, but black cherry white claws golfing throughout the day. What? Gets you in the zone. It gets, it gives you that little bit of an up. You know what I mean? It gives you a little bit of an up and then you kind of mix in the brown stuff a little bit. Cause if you're drinking, you know, like, like, Okay, yeah. so there was some wild turkey in a flask somewhere. There was it's not some just... wild turkey in a flask. Well, yeah, you had to take you had to take uh, birdie beers, birdie shots. You know, in Humboldt County, they call them birdie bowls, whatever you want to call them. But, um, but yeah, there was definitely some stuff mixed in. But just getting your day started, you know, a little a little chalada beer with breakfast, uh, just to get over your bad decisions from the night before. Rolling with some white claws early in the morning, and then all of a sudden you kind of you know you start breaking out the liquor a little bit. You know, we and... should bring into this podcast. Wait, I've got it. Bring in JJ. We'll do like a three, all three of us podcast. Oh my God. I I would would love to do that. Because, right, he would know where that zone is at. He would have, right, who better? Here's the thing, though. I I love JJ to death, but he might be a bit of a beer snob. I mean, he's always drinking IPAs at the finest establishments with uh, Spencer Levine. Spence. You know? As we call him, Spence. Oh, sorry. First name, first name basis. Spence. Spence. We should bring him in, though. I think think he would be an absolute expert to talk about this subject matter. Between you two, I'm just going to, like, ask the questions, get out of the way, and let you guys opine on the subject matter. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I would would love to do that with J.J. I remember following – or I just started following him. And he was, like, saying this. And I think the first post I had was when he was sitting there, and he had the the Mexican taco – they're, they're the tacos from the taco truck. Then he was talking about the club face at impact with the plastic fork hitting it against the plastic cup. And I go, okay, and I know this, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about, I guess. But the next one I see, he's like six Miller lights deep out hitting golf balls into his net in the backyard. And I go, this guy is gold. Yes. I, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll reach out to him when this podcast goes, we'll hit him up on Twitter, Instagram, and just ask if he wants to come on and we'll let, Golf pro to golf pro, talk about what the right amount of potential beers is for optimal performance for amateur golfers and professionals on the course. I think this could be kind of a revolutionary podcast, personally. I I, I think there's a lot of people who could use this info. You know what? I I think so, too. And I think we're going to reach out to a lot of those those viewers that are, you know, that are on the edge of whether they're going to be fully invested in the podcast or not. Let's do it. Let's do it. All, All right. right. Have a great day in Arizona. You know, I'm glad you got your workout in already. Um, you know, try to be somewhat productive today. That wouldn't be the worst thing for you. Somewhat. You know, 
that's tough. It's a smooth 84 degrees outside already. Oh, so It's freezing here. Uh, it's, it's like 40, but it's sunny. I'll take it. You know what? Enjoy, enjoy not having to pay your air conditioning bill out here. Yeah, no worries. Well, let's, let's do it. We'll get JJ on. We'll do that. We should do that at some point. He, cause he's been on a couple times. He's a great guy. So I'll reach out. We'll reach out to him. Let's, uh, this will be a fun podcast. See, this is the great stuff that comes out of our conversations. I love it. You know what? New and, idea. And I'll, I'll, I'll start experimenting too with some of our, uh, weak-minded members around the club that have to drink to get through. Yeah. Like what combination do they put forward? Right. Is it, you know, a shot of this, then two of these, then I'm good, right? So if there are, air quote, dependents that they need it to play well, I think you should kind of reference, um, you know, some experts and see, you know, what they have to add to the conversation. Let's do it. Right. When you pull out when you pull out the cigarettes, when you pull out the Kodiak, right. uh, when you pull out the vape pen, you know, what flavor vape do you use? I, I, think, that, I think this is going to be good. I won't throw anybody on the bus, but I was golfing with somebody, I'll leave it at this, who had a red man going in the back, and because I don't know if they're supposed to be chewing, and had a chew in the front at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, shit. what? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, how I'm, this is how I roll on the golf course. I'm like, that, I would be throwing up. And it's like Ugh. a spit that came out, but they were, like, doubling it up. And I don't mean, like, a little pinch. I mean, like, a full red man in the back, big old <sighs> Copenhagen in the front. And let's do this. Dude, if you want Copenhagen straight cut, that's that's next level stuff. With um, with the red man in the back. That is yeah, that I mean that's that is next level. Uh the worst that I've ever seen is my buddy down in Florida played with a guy who um basically pulled out a can, he was a club pro, pulled out a can, took the entire chew out <laughs> and shoved it in his left cheek. And had it in there the entire front nine, goes to the back nine, throws that one out, takes the can out again, throws it into his right cheek. Oh. I, I I have never seen anything like it. I mean, that is battling some demons right there. Well, I was just talking to my buddy from Wisconsin who I went to college, and we did know a girl up there who legit chewed cherry skull oh. packets. Oh. Like, you're at a party in a dorm room. She's got her beer going. She's from northern northern Wisconsin, and I'll never forget the first time I ever saw it. She like taps the cap, like like you know, like packing it. Took out Cherry's skull, put that sucker forward, and pounded it in. Let's go party! No, true story. Oh my god, could you could you imagine? I mean, being drunk, and then you know that girl's like, "Hey, you know, you want to make out?" And you know, in the you gotta like get the going. bottom like like the pinky finger and clear that out of there and spit it out. She had the spit can in front of her and everything. Oh my cute, god! Cute girl too. True story. Cute girl. Just good for her. Just cherry skull in a cocktail pre-partying. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Welcome to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, circa 1993. Oh, True story. Great. I've never, I've never that seen it since. I've never seen a girl, you know, dip since then. So Barstool was on that for a while, though. Barstool was showing like. Like at the Alabama games and stuff, like girls are taking dips out of their boyfriend's mouths and throwing them in. I'm just sitting there going, "What is wrong with people?" It's, you know, uh, it's welcome to you know, it was unique. It was Wisconsin. It was a period of time. It's the 90s in Wisconsin. Riggs is um, Riggs just announced he's winterizing down here. I'm going to try and get him out at the peak and maybe get some putting content with him. Riggs Barstool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's been he's been he's been dodging me. I don't think my name is big time enough for him but uh you know 
Well, we'll we'll get him out here. You know, right, I, I we'll you know, and here's one I can do with the chewing content too because he always has a can on him. There you go. Tell so. me, no group. Maybe see if this grill still dips every now and then on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Bring her on. She's got her trailer out there at Apache <sighs> Junction. I'll go pick her up for you. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, pro. Take it easy. Have a great All day. Right.